This week's edition of Big Talk is part two of a two-parter on a proposed new type of neighborhood in Indiana. The Bloomington Co-Housing Project will be a planned community on South Maxwell Street. This week's guest is Marion Sinclair, the idea person and a co-founder of the organization that got this project underway several years ago. Last week's guest was Lauren Wood, founder of Lauren Wood Builders. He's the developer of the community. Hi, this is Big Talk. Michael Glab here, my guest this week in the studio, Marion Sinclair. She's the co-founder of the Bloomington Co-Housing Project. She's had this idea for quite a while, and it's just about ready to come to fruition. Thanks for being on Big Talk, Marion. Thank you. You came up with this idea. I should more say you and a friend of yours, Janet Greenblatt. Yes. And what is co-housing? Well, co-housing is a particular style of neighborhood of about, oh, 12 to 35 houses, and it's usually developed by the people that are planning to live there. Mm -hmm. It's developed in what they call neighborhood style, which is the houses usually face a common green so that it promotes sociability among the neighbors. And it's a walking community. It's safe for children. The parking is usually at the periphery. Mm -hmm. And there are lots of common amenities. There's always a common house, which includes a dining room and a kitchen where residents can choose to have some common meals together during the week. And um, the residents plan in what types of spaces they want in the common house. There can be anything like libraries, craft rooms, children's rooms. Uh, some communities have guest rooms so that um, each house doesn't have to build a larger house than is needed for uh -huh. maybe a visitor. And it's managed by the residents themselves. And so what's the difference between this thing and a commune or a kibbutz? On a commune, uh, you usually have uh, income sharing uh, or sometimes have income sharing. And on, in co-housing, you generally lead your own life. You have your own um, house that you own yourself. So in those ways, it's more um, traditional. But you share a lot, too, together. You have a lot of common space that it's, uh, you don't need so much individually mm -hmm. because you're sharing. How did you hear about this whole concept? I understand this concept started in maybe the 1960s in the Scandinavian countries. It did start in the Scandinavian countries, and it's quite popular there. They have lots and lots of co-housing communities. Hmm. There were two American architecture students that went and uh, studied those, huh. 
And they were so taken with the idea that they wrote a book about it, and they brought it back to the U.S., and they're very active still today in um, starting uh, com co-housing communities. We have communities like this in the United States already. Oh, yes. There's about 160-some built communities and many more in the planning processes. And um, they are mostly on the east and west coast, and Colorado's a big state for co-housing as well, mm -hmm. and then scattered around. But the, the uh, Midwest uh, hasn't gotten so many as other places. Is this the first one uh, in Indiana? It would be the first built co-housing community in Indiana. There are a few other groups in Indiana that are, are trying to build ones or planning. It's not easy. It's not easy. <laughs> well, I think you can attest to that yes. because you came up with this idea several years ago. How far back? I got interested in co-housing in the 90s, and um, it just seemed like such a wonderful fit. I was really taken with the idea. It's a wonderful combination of having your own private life, but having community there also when you want it. Ecologically, it just makes more sense to have a lot of shared amenities, and those things drew me to it. And I started groups here in Bloomington, and the last, each time we got a little farther, the uh, last group, we, we started planning the community more and more, and uh, my my business partner, Janet, and I went ahead and bought um, a co-housing site that came up for sale. So we went ahead and bought that because it just seemed like it would be a perfect location. So we moved ahead somewhat on it, but it was very difficult to uh, form a stable group that was willing to put in the time and money to actually make this happen because it's sort of based on a dream at first. Yeah. So people are cautious about that. And uh, people also were kept asking, well, what's it going to look like? How much is it going to cost? And we didn't have those answers because usually the group determines those things. Uh -huh. And we wanted to keep that flexible uh, until we had a congealed group that could make those decisions. Do some of the groups ask their members uh, for sort of a, an initiation fee or uh, earnest money of some sort? Uh, yes, uh, we had different levels of membership. And then as you hope to move along, you have to start putting in real money for, for covering the costs of development. You got to build these things. Yeah. You got to buy wood. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Janet and I sold the property to Lauren Wood Builders. Uh -huh. uh, when we decided um, it was getting difficult and we weren't moving ahead like we wanted to, we decided we better see if we can get a developer to invest with us. And as it turned out, um, Lauren thought that he would prefer to buy the land outright. Um, I think he didn't want to get involved in group decisions uh -huh. of, of every little thing, which can slow the process down. 
and um, we were a little burnt out on working on the project for for a few years. So we we were convinced that he wanted to do what we had planned. Now, Marion, you're going to live with uh, several dozen different individuals or families, depending on who moves into these individual homes. You're going to have to like these people in a way, huh? Yes. Um, of course, uh, there's always going to be differences in people, but um, we, um, our group, had developed a mission statement. Ah. Uh, which stated um, generally our goals and our values for uh, involved around doing this. So that's one thing that um, you know the people that you're going to live with have the same basic values around this. In a regular neighborhood, you don't know at all who's who's going to be living around you. So and you take what comes. That's right. And um, the group develops um, their own uh, rules of how the community runs. and uh, So you can't blow off fireworks and uh, whatever, <laughs> things on that order. Right, right. What would happen if someone violated the rule? Well, you'd have, the group would have to decide how they want to handle that. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, like any homeowners association. Correct. Uh, yeah, they can... They can shake their fingers uh, <laughs> at them or eventually go to court. Um, I guess it could go that far, but you don't want we, would, to, we would hope not. <laughs> <laughs> so how many people do you think are seriously interested as you are? You're, you're committed emotionally to buying one of these homes when they're ready. Yes. How many people are like you? Well, I'm not sure. I can say that uh, we have a, a site online on meetup.com, and we have 65, uh, I'm sorry, we have 165 people that are interested at various levels mm-hmm. uh, on that. But I know of at least a handful of people that, that seem to be fairly interested. Uh, we're all uh, wanting to see what Lawrence community is, if how close it matches what we want, mm-hmm. <laughs> but we think it will be. You, uh, the listener, can go to architect Mark Cornett's website and uh, see some drawings yes. of the homes, and that is mca-urbanists.com slash cohousing. Mark Cornett is uh, one of the two architects who's on this project, the other being Ernesto Castaneda. But now it's at a point where the risk is all Lawrence. Yes. He's uh, he's uh, putting his effort into it. He's putting borrowed money into it. Your well, job is to buy a home. <laughs> yes. But Lauren... Uh, has a reputation of being an excellent builder, and we were very satisfied to have him uh, come on board and and do this project. And he also is very involved in the community and does a lot of work for nonprofits and seems to be very interested in doing a community housing project. What is there for you to do, Marion? while waiting to get this thing going? Well, um, I still manage the meetup.com site. 
Um, I confer once in a while with Lauren, mm-hmm. um, and I think we're going to be having more uh, meetings of interested people as the project moves along. I was informed recently that uh, this week the uh, permits should all be in. Right. So uh, we're going to need to actually form the social community now and work on uh, is the mission statement still viable and develop our um, rules for the community, homeowners association, how we're going to manage the community. What if someone wants to buy one of these homes but doesn't want to sign that mission statement? Can that be? I guess that would be a group decision, too, and uh, maybe a discussion back and forth with the person that feels that way. We just have to come to uh, an agreement uh, that was okay with everybody, I think. And most uh, communities do um, operate by consensus or modified consensus decision-making, which can be cumbersome sometimes, but um, if everybody buys into it, things work a lot smoother in the end. Have you visited a co-housing community? Yes, I have visited several. Where? I I visited Nyland Community in Boulder, Colorado. I visited uh, one in Asheville, North Carolina. And in um, Durham, North Carolina, they were just, um, they hadn't even started building, but met with a group there. Did, you, did it give you a sense that you're doing some of the right stuff in this process oh, by yeah. meeting these people? Oh, yes. I, I like the type of people that are interested in things like this. In, in forward-thinking things like this. And um, I liked how the communities seemed to work. And you have been, as you say, to already built communities. Yes. Did they look good? Yeah, they looked great to me. <laughs> and uh, did it give you ideas saying, we've got to have this aspect or we've got to have that? Yes, there were um, just lots of ideas um, going through my head, and I actually met with uh, some of the builders. Of, there's a community in Ann Arbor, Michigan, uh, that was built at the time, and, and uh, people have been living there for a while. So I met and discussed um, a lot of questions I had with them, so that was helpful in learning more about it and how it works. Did anybody try to talk you out of it? No. (laughs) Everybody was good with it. Yeah, and in fact, uh, they went on to build one or two more communities, the people involved in the original communities, because they had so much interest in in, uh, people living there that they just had to build more communities. Uh-huh. You know what's interesting I, I see that a number of these communities seem to be in college towns. That's probably right. More yeah. progressive or as I sometimes like to say crunchy towns. <laughs> yes I agree that's true. How soon do you expect this thing to come about or do you? Uh, well, um, I was told about permits uh, coming in this week and that then grading will be starting and infrastructure will be going in fairly soon. 
And uh, so building would happen after that, and hopefully we'd have houses being built in the springtime. I understand that the plot that you sold to Lauren has grown a little bit. Yes, just before, a little while before we sold uh, to Lauren, uh, there was an adjoining property that came up for sale. And um, we got a good deal on that, so decided it wouldn't hurt to add some more room on. And um, that meant that uh, the site plan that we had developed had to be changed around some. And then Lauren had to go back to the city for more permits then. Right. Mm -hmm. If I want to go for a walk, can I walk through your common area? You mean if you were an, an outside neighbor? Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, I don't think people would probably mind. If you walked into the community, though, because people in co-housing communities tend to know each other pretty well, they might say something like, hello, can I help you find somebody here? Ah. They, they, they would know that maybe you don't live there, and they might say hi and and are you walking through or are you looking for somebody yeah. or whatever well there's not a fence uh, there there was a partial fence that probably will be taken down right mm -hmm. but the idea of a fenced or gated community this isn't that no do you want that no we really um the group that uh we had uh to start with, really wanted to be a presence in the outside community, to be a valuable part of the community. And uh, people in co-housing are generally interested in their communities. They're generally politically active. So, no, we don't want to be a walled-off community. Yeah. And, and we uh, really wanted to be a demonstration for how we think uh, development should be done. And uh, as with most co-housing communities, uh, the people uh, have tours through their communities and some people uh, welcome people to come through and look, in, look at their houses and how they're situated. Is co-housing for the wealthy? Well, co-housing generally costs um, about the same as a market rate ha a price would be uh, if for the comparable construction. Yeah, it's not cheaper. Although the houses may are somewhat smaller, you're getting a lot of extras uh, within the common house you'll have things that you probably couldn't afford to put in your own home, like a, a library, mm. um, you know, children's playrooms, yeah. uh, an exercise room or, or whatnot. That would be in the common. In the common the house. house. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So you, you are getting some amenities that you wouldn't get otherwise. And you're also getting a community of like-minded people, you're you're getting um, kind of the best of everything, I think, with that price. You know, by the way, Marion, I wanted to congratulate you because you have just returned from the Carolinas. Yes. You're a volunteer for the American Red Cross. That's right. You went out there in the wake of uh, Hurricane Florence. Yes. How long did you spend out there? Two weeks. 
And what did you do? I'm a nurse, so I expected to be uh, sent to a shelter to be a shelter nurse. Mm -hmm. As it turned out, I was pulled back to a district headquarters and assigned to do what's called staff wellness. Ah. And that is uh, taking care of sick and injured Red Cross staff. And the Red Cross has uh, a great support system for their volunteers. It's um, something I've been wanting to do. Um, I had not done a, a huge national right. uh, disaster, and it was very interesting to see how um, the organization worked and what happens in a big disaster. It's pretty amazing. You mentioned the fact that you're a nurse. Uh, I believe you used to work for Bloomington Hospital. That's correct. How long ago was that? I retired about seven years ago. Uh-huh. You're still working in a certain way, though, right? Yes, I have a, a small job in the cardiac rehab program at the YMCA, uh -huh. which happens to be next door to the co-housing development. Ah, <laughs> so boy, everything's convenient <laughs> for you. You're a homeowner already? Yes, I am. And you're going to sell your home yes. to buy this home, I would assume. Yes. It's going to be a little bit of a change. The home you own now is yours. That's that. Yes. You don't have, nobody calls on you to say, come to dinner. <laughs> and nobody says you have to do this or have to do that. It's going to be a little change. Do you envision a transition phase? Probably there will be, although some of those things I would welcome a lot. I like to garden, but um, it's a lot of work for one person. <laughs> so I'm really going to enjoy having a bunch of neighbors to do the gardening with. As I understand it, in a co-housing setup, uh, the group owns the rakes and the hose and maybe the lawnmower, too. Yes, Generally, that's true. You could go buy your own rake if you want to. <laughs> <laughs> and there will be a garden. Yes, usually there's a community garden. We planned on that. And it's, it's a kind of thing where you sit down with the, the group and you say, this is how big it's going to be, and these are the kind of things we'll do? Yes. Yeah. So they can, a guy can't come in there and say, I'm going to grow marijuana. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> better, better get approval. <laughs> Marion, where were you raised? I was raised in Indianapolis. Aha, uh -huh, big city gal. Uh, yeah. <laughs> when did you know you were going to be a nurse, and what drove you into that uh, business? Well, I actually um, had some other careers <laughs> in a previous life, but uh, uh -huh. but I uh, moved to Bloomington with my ex-husband. We had a landscaping company. Is that so? Yes, and um, I wanted to uh, have, get a part-time job that I could spend some time, we could spend some time apart, and I could get to know some people in the community. Uh -huh. So I thought, I always thought it would be fun to work at a hospital. Oh. I'd like to know about that. So I got a small part-time job, and I said, well, I like this. I might as well be a nurse. So that led to my nursing career. That's quite an investment of time and, uh, and effort to become a nurse. Uh, uh, some, some time and effort, yes. <laughs> <laughs> 
How long were you a nurse then before you retired? I worked at Bloomington Hospital for 34 years. Your co-founder of the Bloomington Co-Housing Project was Janet Greenblatt. Is she still involved with this? Yes, she's involved somewhat. Uh Uh-huh. Not as much as you? Probably not. Um, She's she's likes where she's living a lot, but she, Uh, I think, still has the co-housing project in mind as well. When the time comes, when the first group of houses go up, they're going to have to be sold. Are you going to be like an evangelist for this? Well, I've been an evangelist for this for a long time, so Uh I'll probably keep right on going. Do you think that the time will come that you'll say to someone who's saying, geez, I wonder if I should put some money down on one of these things that you might visit a person and say, come on aboard? Oh, yeah. That's a possibility, or invite them to my home to see for themselves, possibly. Uh Uh-huh, uh-huh, the the showcase home. (laughs) Right. (laughs) How big is your home now? Oh, I I rent uh, the top half of my home. Uh It's um, maybe about 2,000 feet. Square uh-huh. feet. And the homes are going to be a bit smaller. Yeah. They're not going to be tiny homes, I understand. No. But not homes uh, like rambling mansions at the same time. That's correct. We have had quite a few people who are very interested in tiny homes. So. Yeah. Now, for those who are interested in general information on co-housing, there's a, a general website for this kind of thing. Uh, cohousing.org, and you'll get definitions, what all the amenities are, and uh, the different ways that people do things. You know, we mentioned earlier that uh, some of the Scandinavian countries uh, started this uh, trend, and then it came over to the United States. Did it change when it came to the United States? I know that... um Co-housing has changed some. I don't know if it was just Americanized that much, but I know the trend was toward having more common space and having, I think uh, when it came to America, people built uh, bigger individual Uh, spaces. I see. And uh, when they... Because we're Americans. uh, That's right. (laughs) And uh, when... It was studied uh, more after uh, the co-housing had been going for a while. Uh, They found that people said they wished they had put more um, money or made more spaces that were the common spaces and less into their own individual homes. Now, that sort of surprises me. Mm -hmm. That's sort of (laughs) (laughs) un-American. Hey, by the way, you mentioned those two architects who got interested in this whole thing, and they wrote a book. Did you read that book? Yes, I read both their initial book, and then there's uh, another one that they wrote that deals more with uh, what they found out about how these co-housing communities worked, what works better and what didn't work so good. So that was a a valuable book, too. The trial and error, in other words. But now it's been, what, more than 50 years, close to 60 years, and uh, this thing has been evolving and growing, and uh, soon, within a couple of years, we'll have our own here. That's right, the first one in Indiana. Well, there it is. 
Marion Sinclair. She's the co-founder of the Bloomington Co-Housing Project. Thanks for being on Big Talk. Thank you.